not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican, and the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division, and it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got account shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. If you're not smart enough to be my friend, fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again Podcast, episode number 70. That's a lot, dude. I didn't even know. I wrote episode something <laughs> when it, it made me give a title to this. I didn't even remember. Well, I feel like we should have spent more time being excited about episode 69 last week, and I didn't even fucking think about it. Yeah. Something just... What, yeah, what? why do I have a thumbs up? I don't know. That's weird, dude. I feel like we're being illuminati today. Right? That's like that's the FBI being like, "We're watching you. Go ahead, have, <laughs> have a fun, good show. fellas. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't say anything you might regret." It does make me want to look out the window though and make sure there's no windowless vans in my parking lot, and yeah. there's not, so we're probably good. <laughs> but I do wonder what the fuck that was. Yeah, that was very strange. Huh. Anyway, so yeah, we're a couple of dudes. We have a <laughs> podcast. We've done it 69 times. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my comedy special is, is still doing pretty good. I'll tell you, the clips are doing way better than the video itself, which I think I said last week, but it still holds true. I've gotten like 5 million views of the clips that I've posted on different things if you add them all up together. And I'm still at like, oh, uh, surprisingly, actually, I'm at 69,000 on uh, YouTube as far as views go. But I mean, it's just been nothing but compliments the whole time. So I, I like that about it. And it kind of surprises me a little. But either what su way, what surprises you that people aren't being dicks? Correct. Yeah. Like, cause there's definitely some, some weird spots in there. Like, and that's what I say to all my friends and stuff. Like I was like, well, you know, there were some weird spots, but it wouldn't be a Mike Baldwin show without those. And they're like, man, that's true, I guess. And so I think all of my fans or friends or whatever know that like, if I'm doing an hour up there, at least 10 minutes of it is going to just be me kind of saying either crude terrible shit or something dumb you know and that's what i did but uh it just it kind of bums me out that uh i don't know all the like comedian details that i think only me and you and other comedians would understand but where it's just like god why did he cut right there like it's clear that i'm doing this in one in one cut and then in the next one i'm like this and it's like how do you cut from that to that and like as somebody who's watched it 80 times over the past six months like i can pick up those little things you know yeah i, I mean i watched it and i didn't i i maybe noticed one small thing that you were talking about but i i only knew that because you had told me to kind of look for it um but i didn't i didn't notice it i think that's something only like you would 
notice. Right. And that's um, why I'm like, all right, I guess. But I expected people to come out of the woodwork and be like, man, I can't believe you said that. Or like, I, that's why'd you even put that those five minutes in the special? And it's like, eh. But then somebody wrote an or It was actually like somebody affiliated with 800 pound gorilla, but they wrote an article about uh, the special. I don't know if you saw that or not, but it, they were like breaking down the science of my writing and that kind of stuff. And, and I'm reading all these things that they're saying that I'm doing and legit, none of them. I was like, dude, I don't do any of those things on purpose. They were like, <laughs> he clearly knows to like use a sing songy voice here and then use a higher pitch voice to represent the brain because the brain is higher than the, and I'm just like, yeah, I didn't think of any of that. Like, I just said it different because it was a different part of my body, you know? So it was it was neat to read, though, because they made me sound smarter than I think I actually am. Yeah, I think anybody who tries to do whatever they said you're trying to do is probably not very good at comedy. Like, if they're trying to do that stuff, like some things just have to be natural or come to you naturally, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think both of us have that we were probably born with that you know like um you know most of the best jokes i write are on stage and then i just continue to say them that way but i've never really put any thought into all that <laughs> you know yeah exactly i'm just like i just said it <clears throat> one way one night and everybody laughed and so then i said it the exact same way again the next time and yeah i don't know Comedy's fun, but I just realized right now that I didn't uh, airdrop today's videos from my iPad to my computer. So you talk for a moment. I'll be right back and uh, we'll get going. Yeah, uh, while he does that, I'll, I'll talk about this for a second and probably be better to talk about with him. But um, I was just in Canada and I wrote some I wrote some new jokes and I tried them on stage. I can't remember now if we talked about this last week or not, but I tried them on stage and uh can you hear me mike not really now you're kind of frozen huh <laughs> um I I just didn't... <clears throat> yeah you're there um i can't remember now if we talked about this last week on stage i i think we did because i think i'd already tried the jokes i think i tried them on like a tuesday and when i did them for the first time like just reading off a list um they did really well and then the rest of the week I, they still did well, but nothing like that very first night. And I mean, this is my 25th year of comedy and I'm still trying to figure out that, you know, like why is mm -hmm. it funnier? Sometimes jokes are hilarious the first time you do them and then they never get the same laugh again. It's, it's, uh, and you can't, I, I mean, I tried to say it like exactly the way I did it the first night. And like I said, the laughs got, the jokes got last, but not like I, not like they did that first night. It's just comedy's a, a weird animal that way. Yeah, it definitely is. But that's what I like about it, you know? I, I like trying to figure it out. I'm really nervous, actually, about this weekend. I'm going to uh, Dallas on Friday night, and then I'm in Fort Worth on Saturday night at Hyenas both nights. And, uh, but I, I, my special just came out. So I don't want to do all the material that I did on my special, you know, but I also don't have an hour of shit 
that I haven't done before. So I'm kind of torn, you know. I guess I'll I'll just ask the audience first. Like, does anybody know who the fuck I am? Like, has anybody? Are you just here for comedy, or are you here for me? You know, and if they if they're like fans or whatever, I think it'll be fine either way. Because if they're not fans, if they don't know who I am and they haven't seen the special, I can just do all that shit and do a really good job, and they'll like me. But if they did see the special and they liked it, and that's why they came to the show then I think they'll like no matter what I have to say, you know? Yeah, it's a tough spot because you, you can't just go up there and be like, this is my new stuff. <laughs> like, do an open mic for an hour. They'll be like, well, fuck you. We paid to get in here. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I think I'm going to try to do it like Louis C.K. style. He always said, like, when he's trying to write a new hour, he forces himself to use his closer as his opener. So he goes up, he gets the big laugh with whatever his closer used to be, and then he has screwed himself because he's like, all right, now I can't close with my closer, uh, so I'm going to have to find something else before this hour is up to close with, you know? So I think yeah. I'm going to try to do it that way. I've been doing a thing lately. I probably shouldn't spoil it in case anybody ever comes and sees me, but I will anyway, where I just say, like, I end comedy shows the same way that I get off the phone with my grandma and that gets like a little laugh. And then I'm like, all right, well, I don't know nothing else. So I guess I'll see you later. And then I just kind of walk away weirdly. And I don't know, I haven't quite figured it out yet, but I know the idea is funny. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> I was just in Canada, and I, I, the last time I was there, a little over a year ago, I mean, it was a rough week. Like, they had really small crowds, and not only small crowds, but they were, like, sat towards the back of the room, and people just, they, they made me feel, without saying anything, they made me feel like, like I was mean or something, like they, you know... Because some of the jokes I have, I don't even know how to describe my style or whatever. But if it's going well, and it usually does, um, I don't feel like a dick or anything. But like, it's weird when you aren't doing well, how all of a sudden you're like, God, these jokes aren't even very good. <laughs> you know, or I feel like such an asshole now saying these things that used to get me laughs or whatever. Anyway, that was over a year ago. Um, and then when the guy was paying me, he's like, I'd love to have you back. And and that was on Saturday. And the Saturday show was great. So I knew I was like, I'm going to come back here, even though I hated it. And then this year, I, I don't know if it's a testament to the world slowly waking up to things in general, or if it was just a completely different week. But every show was good. Friday's a little weird because they have like this buffet there before the show and I feel like people have been there for like three hours and they're just like kind of, plus it's like two big office parties. Um, so everyone was like self-conscious about laughing and all that annoying shit. I mean, some mm -hmm. people even told me afterwards, they're like, I was, I was laughing into my elbow because I didn't want to, I didn't want you to make fun of me. I'm like, we don't make fun of people for laughing, stupid. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah, if it's yeah. like a crazy weird laugh, maybe we'll say something, but. Right. Or if it's over the top or yeah, whatever. But well, I'm glad you had fun. Do you still sell shirts and stuff? Oh, you've yeah. got those uh, Jesus loves you shirts, huh? Yeah, they do. They they do pretty well. Um, nice. Yeah. So I, I did all right there. I brought home some 
Canadian money. I need to go to the bank today and see how bad I get humped on the exchange. But oh um, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, do you want to? Since we're uh, talking about comedy, do you want to watch something that made me laugh real quick? Yes. All right. This is uh. Well, you'll know. Of exhaustion, which was misdiagnosed by a. I'm not going to say what race, what people, uh, doctor, and what hospital, and what media went to. We know I can't say that. It was a Jewish doctor. To a point of exhaustion, <laughs> I played it which twice, was misdiagnosed I, I watch by a, I'm not going to say what race, what people, uh, doctor, and what hospital, and what media went to. We know I can't say that. It was a Jewish doctor. <laughs> like no prompting or anything. He was just like, <laughs> all right, I'll say it. Um, by the way, when we started this podcast, I was going to send Mike the link. And and I had like all this stuff going across the bottom. And then my internet was acting weird. So he sent me the link. And I just noticed it says something about December 15th on here and all kinds of weird shit. So just pretty much disregard anything scrolling across there. No, um, don't. I'm going to fix it as we speak. Well, while he's fixing that, I will tell you that January 5th and 6th, I'm really trying to sell. The goal is 900 tickets. I would love to sell 900 tickets over the course of three shows, January 5 and 6th to the Funny Bone in Omaha. Um, you can go to funnybonomaha.com and go down to January 5 and 6th and, and uh, click on my face and buy some tickets there to see me do stand-up. Um, it can be really good for me to to sell tickets there, not only because I'm getting a door deal, but the guy who books it books like 20 other great rooms. And I sold out the Kansas City Improv on a Wednesday. So he's given me like another chance to uh, sell tickets in his room because that's the name of the game these days. They, you know, bookers, I've been told like, if you're funny, that's a bonus. But the main thing we want to do is sell tickets, which I don't know if is good for comedy in the long run, that that's their main focus. But um you know, just because you don't know somebody on the website doesn't, that's probably the best guy to go see or girl to go see because uh, that just means they're good at comedy. But a lot of these people are big draws these days because of podcasts or YouTube videos or characters they do. But doing that and doing stand up is a completely different deal. So, anyway, I say all that to say buy tickets to my show January 5 and 6 at the Omaha, Nebraska Funny Bone. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm going to Nebraska for New Year's to Hastings, Nebraska at a place called the Brick House that I've been to like four or five times now in the last several years. And it's a really fun room. It probably holds 150 people. Uh, and that's including like people sitting around the bar and like standing and stuff. And it's just always packed every time I've been there. And hopefully it's a, a fun little New Year's thing. Um <clears throat> But yeah, so, but first I got to go to Texas this weekend. Um, but I have gotten like, uh, there was a dude on uh, TikTok who has like a million something followers and I'm a dick because I don't even know what his name is. I probably should look it up, but, uh, but yeah, he messaged me and was like, dude, you like, you're really funny. If you ever want to work together, then let me know. And I was like, I do like every, if you have things booked, like I'll do them with you uh billy hubbard i think is his name and uh i haven't seen him do much stand-up but he does like a lot of funny viral videos and stuff and apparently he's got an audience you know so 
Yeah. Uh, and that's all I really want to do is just like grab on to somebody else's success and be like the funny opener or whatever. And I'd be fine doing that for the rest of my life. Like, I don't want to be famous. I just want to make enough money to where I only have to do comedy. Yeah. Well, me too. And that's probably part of why I want to sell out, you know, the Omaha funny bone. It's, it's, uh, it's a step in the right direction as far as just, you know, if I could do 25, 30 dates a year and, you know, not hundreds of shows a year, like I used to, like before my son was born, that's what I wanted to do. And that's, that's kind of still what I want to do as far as like, it just gives me some sort of value to myself. Um, yeah. Make, makes me not feel like a complete loser, but like right now I've got a fair amount stuff, not stuff on my schedule. Like I've got a date every month, at least once a month up until like June. Um, so that makes me feel good and not like a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't. Uh, yeah. It, it, the longer I'm in this, the more that I, I look at my schedule and I just look at it as our bills going to get paid or not. And so I look, you know, December is good already. And, uh, well, plus one thing that helped a lot in the last week or two has been Reddit. And I didn't use Reddit a lot for several years. I used to be on there when they had, uh, oh, what was it called? The Donald. Like, I don't know if you ever use Reddit, but they have all these different what they call subreddits, which are like individual topics. So there's like a Reddit page for books and people who like books. There's one for the Miami Dolphins. There's one for republicans or just whatever the case like anything that you can think of people that watch certain tv shows or whatever like they can go into that particular subreddit and read only about those things right so um where was i going with this oh yeah okay so on reddit this was in like late 2015 or so um they started this subreddit called the donald which was donald trump supporters and that's where I got a lot of my information in the first year or so of Donald Trump. And and they would post, you know, like an N NBC story or whatever about hookers pissing on Donald Trump or something like that. And then somebody would post an article that was like, uh, you know, Christopher Steele, the guy who said this, he's like a paid FBI informant and he worked for, uh, you know, whatever British MI5 and that kind of shit. And uh <laughs> So anyway, so at a certain point, the Reddit owners and stuff <laughs> shut down. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, sorry, my water went down the wrong way. I was trying to, I was trying to mic my mute my mic, and I can't figure out how to do it now. Sorry, <clears throat> Jesus. <laughs> uh, it's a, the little <clears throat> picture of you at the bottom is where the mute button is, but it sounds like you coughed it all out now so we're good but anyway so reddit shut down the donald so all these i don't know how many i would say at least hundreds of thousands maybe millions of donald trump supporters didn't have reddit to go to anymore to get their information so then somebody started a brand new website called vote voat.com and that was the new trump fan meeting place and that lasted about a year or two, and then it got shut down. And then that's when people started realizing, like, all right, so Reddit can shut us down because they're Reddit. They own the thing, right? But Vote didn't shut us down. 
vote got shut down by i want to say amazon or whoever ran the servers and stuff like that's what shut vote down that was the same thing that ruined uh what was the app getter i think did you ever hear of getter i heard of it yeah it was going pretty strong there for a while too when when trump and everybody else were getting kicked off of twitter it was one of the first like free speech sort of things and then uh apple came in uh google or android or whatever came in and they took it off of the app store and then they ended up just banning the app altogether so then we're like fuck even if we make our own place if we're using their servers and stuff then they can still shut us down so then that's when trump and other business people got in and started truth social and they were like we're gonna build our own servers or we're going to, you know, use our own or whatever. And that's why true social was never able to get taken down. Uh, so anyway, so I say all that to say that I haven't used Reddit much since then. And just when the special came out, then I decided like, all right, I'll, I'll post some clips or whatever. And I didn't even think about it. I posted it and then I just left for a couple hours and I came back and like an average upvote thing the way reddit works is you click the up if you like it you click the down if you don't like it and if you don't care then you just don't click anything and the more upvotes a thing gets the higher up on the the front page of reddit it goes so if you just go to reddit.com and look at the front page it's all of the most popular things of the day um and they'll get, you know, the most popular thing will get four or five thousand upvotes, something like that. And I went back and checked mine and it was at like 13,000. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I, I just went to regular reddit.com and looked at the front page without signing in or anything. And I was like the fourth thing down for the day. So so what that does is because I posted it in the stand up comedy thing. And so only people that go to reddit.com slash stand up comedy will see the video that I posted unless it gets enough upvotes and moves to the generic front page. And then every single person that gets on any reddit.com thing sees my thing. And that's what happened. I ended up with like 21,000 upvotes or something. And that caused me, it was also one of the bits that I shared was the bit where I happened to be pitching my merchandise. I sell a shirt that says ninjas hate crunchy leaves and another one that just says shirt. They're both fucking stupid, but I love them and people love them and they buy them all the time. Uh, and I sold like 30 shirts uh, in like a three or four day period. So it was nice. just, it was awesome. And I had a bunch of people. I have a thing on my website where you can just like give me money for no reason. And I got like two or three hundred bucks, like five, ten dollars at a time. A couple of people gave me like fifty dollars, but from people just being like, I don't want a shirt, but you're great. And I was just like, thanks. So, yeah, all that to say <laughs> my bills in December are covered and I think January is going to be OK, too. And I know my March is good. February is still up in the air, and after March, I have absolutely nothing. So if you if you're watching this and you own a comedy club, all right. Speaking of comedy clubs, is Hastings a club or is it just some place they do comedy every now and again? Yeah, it's just a bar. They just uh, uh, Gary Minky, you know that name? Oh yeah, of course. Gary lives up in that general area. His parents have a lake house or something 
up around like within an hour or so of there. And so he's forever just booking little one nighters within a few hours of his house and, and he'll put them together and, and he'll usually host the show and then he'll hire somebody like me to come and be the main guy or whatever. And it's always fun. I, I've, I like, I like working for him. Yeah. I've known Gary since literally, literally since I started and, and, uh, everybody's got a maker story. If they don't have a maker story, then they probably haven't been doing comedy very long. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a different breed of cat. That's for sure. He is definitely that. Yes. But I don't, uh, I've heard lots of people be like, Oh, I hate that guy. And I'm like, you can't hate him. Like he just, you just got to know who he is, you know, and that's who he is. He's a, he's just an old school comedian who books comedy. I don't know. He's uh he's, he's sort of a, uh sort of the used car salesman of comedy like he's he's always got a an angle and and like i think i was bitching about him a long time ago and i don't know if you know who al canal is but uh -huh. if, if you don't know al he's 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 he, i don't mind it's not a big deal for me to talk about it because it's not like i'm making fun of him but he's got a speech impediment and so he he has a very distinct way of talking and uh he goes the thing you have to ask yourself about minko is are you better off that you know Minka, or would you be better off having never met Minka? And I was like, <laughs> I'm much better off that I know Minka. Right. <laughs> and he's like, he's like that. That way, you got to ask yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, you know. I mean, he he got me in with a lot of people. Uh, Dave Stroop is a one of the biggest bookers in the Midwest. Has some of the best rooms in the Midwest, and. If it wasn't for Minker, I would have never gotten in with him. At least not. It would have taken me a lot longer. Yeah. And now, now you have to send something to Stroop, and he has to approve you and everything. But back then, he would just take Minker's word for it. So, um, yeah. yep. That's why I continue to work for him because he's done nothing but help me out mostly for my career. I do. I I feel like I've told this story sometime in the last sixty nine episodes, but uh, I at the time I lived in Kansas city, Missouri, and he booked me for a thing in, uh, somewhere, Pennsylvania, Erie, Pennsylvania. And, uh, and I, so it was like a 15 hour drive or something. I was probably like three or four years into comedy. Uh, definitely wasn't ready to be doing what I was doing, but Minky needed somebody last minute so he's like you want to go to pennsylvania this weekend and i was like of course i want to do comedy everywhere and so i'm like 12 hours into this 15 hour drive and he calls me and he was like hey you're not like a dirty comic or anything are you and all i had was like shit and cum jokes and stuff and i was just like i'm not clean and he was like oh man this is a clean club you got to be clean so hey you'll be fine just go have fun and, oh man it was that first night was so rough, dude, because I just did all my normal material and like they just they it's a clean club. So they just trained the audience to like just literally say ew at things. <laughs> and oh, God, it was bad. Did he have you headlining? No, I was featuring. Okay. Uh, there's more to the story. I'll tell you afterwards because I don't want to uh, shit on anybody or anything, but. But it's not Minky that I'm shitting on. It's a completely different guy. But I'll tell you that story later. That's not for the general public to know. But anyway, we've got... Uh, do you want to keep talking about this stuff? Or you want to get into <clears throat> some political bullshit? Or... Well, uh, 
Well, I mean, we probably should get into some political bullshit, but um, uh, yeah, there was something I was going to say to you about comedy, and I don't remember what it was now. It doesn't matter. Um, but you yeah, we're just sit silently until you remember. Nah, fuck that. Um, what should we talk about today? I, I guess the main thing we need to talk about is Trump, at least temporarily getting kicked off the ballot in Colorado. I don't feel like that's going to stick. I feel like that's something that they're trying to do, hoping that other states will follow suit. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't I don't see how that's constitutional, especially because he hasn't been convicted of any of the bullshit charges that they're trying to, to nail him with. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that uh, that they're just going after the guy. Like, even... I've I've asked audiences and I've just talked to to strangers when it's come up, you know, and I've been like, what is he being charged with exactly? And the best answer that I got was like, uh, he was trying to sell nuclear secrets to Iran. And I was like, all right, do you have any evidence of that at all? And they were like, no, that's just what I heard, you know? And I was like, that's not what's happening. Like, <laughs> first of all, they didn't say that he did that. And secondly, that's not what he's being charged with. Like people just don't know. And that's the, I guess, beauty and the shittiness of the time that we live in is like, I remember uh, I watch a podcast called dark to light every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with uh, uh, quite frankly, who I've talked about and been on before. And then Tracy beans, they do a show together uh, called dark to light. And they were talking about uh, how like we're in such a bubble like people like me and you and them, I guess that like see through all this bullshit. Like we're a very small percentage of the people that live in this country. You know, most people. And I think of people like my sisters or my grandma or whatever, like th they don't even know what January 6th means. You know, when, if, if you say, tell me about January 6th, they're like, I don't know. You know, and I'm like, you haven't heard about that. And I even said the word like insurrection. You haven't. And they're like, no, I don't know. But it's also interesting because even people like my grandma who know nothing about politics is like, boy, we were sure better off when Trump was president. This is ridiculous. Like all of her. She's on a fixed income, you know, and so she has the exact same amount of money every month. And so she knows how much her bills are and stuff. And she has like hundreds of dollars less at the end of the month now paying the same shit that she's always paid. Like just everything is going up a few dollars, you know, groceries, her bills, like all of that stuff. And so she sees it, you know, and yeah. I, I think the general public can can start to see it, too. Like it's just I don't know who our politicians are important, whether we want to think so or not, like they they affect the way that our lives go. And I think more and more people are, are hopefully starting to realize that. Well, especially these days. Um, but yeah, your grandma's reminds me of my dad, as far as like growing up, the only thing I ever heard him say politically was that he hated Jimmy Carter for lowering the speed limit because he likes to drive fast. <laughs> um, and, and a couple years ago, I was visiting him and he said, uh, all I know is I was doing a lot better under Trump than I am this jackass. And, uh, you know, and he's also retired now and everything. So, um, and, and that's how I felt in Canada. I feel like last year when I was there, people were on board with all this woke shit or thinking that's the, the 
direction the world was supposed to be going. And then this year, I felt like more and more people were like, that's all bullshit. And I was making fun of Trudeau. And, and I was like, I, I think I, I think the, I think I said, uh, I go, yeah, Trudeau's got some skeletons in his closet and I bet they're not very tall either. And then I go, that's a pedophile joke. <laughs> <laughs> and they all like that. They seem to fucking hate Trudeau in Canada now. I don't know if they ever liked him. I'm sure they liked him at one point because he's like this little, you know, cute little charming fucking guy or whatever. But people are waking up to the fact that, oh, wow, he's actually associated or has been historically with, uh, been best friends with a lot of uh, convicted pedophiles and after a while, that kind of stuff can't be just a coincidence, you know, um, same with the Clintons and same with uh, a lot of people. Um, you know, I don't know if, if there's anything for us to talk about concerning like Epstein Island, but um, still nobody well, knows. That the There's been news in the last few days that they're <clears throat> going to release like 170 names or something like that from the... Uh, Oh, what was her name? Virginia Guthrie, I think, civil trial against the Epstein estate or against Ghislaine Maxwell or one of those. And uh, so I, I saw on Twitter, that's the first news that I heard of it was on Twitter. And everybody was saying like, oh, here it comes. Like, here's the Epstein list and stuff. And but then I looked into it and it's like, uh, I forget who it was. Um, oh, somebody with a sub stack. I can't think of the guy's name now, but. He was basically saying, like, no, this is just the names of of everybody that was involved in that particular civil case. So it's like everybody that they tried to get on the witness stand, like people who were, uh, you know, like drivers for certain people that that were being accused of things. And basically what they're saying is like of this 170 people, like over 100 of them are not like convict or like uh being accused of anything like it's just like dude i was a i was the doctor that checked this girl out like that's the only reason that i'm on the list like i didn't go to epstein island like so i feel like this list that they're talking about is going to come out and people are going to start shitting on innocent people who aren't this is not the epstein list that everybody's talking about this is just a list from a trial that that took place. So there might be a few names on there that were like, Ooh, I didn't know that guy was affiliated with stuff, but for the most part, it's just no innocent people and their families and shit. Yeah. If anything, that's probably the people they will release. So it just further confuses people. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, you know, it's like, uh, there's pictures of, of Trump with Epstein. There's, proof or uh, at least uh, assumptions, I guess, that he flew on Epstein's airplane before. And so it's like, it's we're not saying every person that's ever been associated with him is a pedophile. We're saying that he had friends that were into pedophile shit. That doesn't mean all of his friends were. It's the same with us in comedy. You know, it's like, just because we know a whole bunch of comedians and that's kind of who we hang out with for the most part, there's tons of other people in our lives that have nothing to do with comedy. So it's like if somebody met your mom and like tried talking to her about comedy or whatever, you know, and she's like, well, I don't know. And you're like, what? You're Gaither's mom. How the fuck do you not know this? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Damn it. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot what I was going to say. I earmarked it in my brain and I forgot. Um, 
got to earmark it on paper. You want to watch this v- Vivek Ramaswamy thing? Yeah, let's talk about him for a second before we do it. Do you like Vivek Ramaswamy? Because I do. I do, but I can also... He, he checks all of the wrong boxes for me, and that's like... One of which is like he's super rich. I don't know if he's quite a billionaire, but I know he's like a former pharma guy and like has a bunch of money. Uh, So he's self-funded the way Trump is. But he's also uh, on the same show I was just talking about, Dark to Light. They played a a mashup of all of the times that he has basically word for word quoted Barack Obama. And the one that sticks out in my mind is the thing that he said during the debate that time where he was like, uh, you know, uh, what did he say? I don't know if he called himself a brown guy or something, but he was like this guy with dark skin and a funny name or something like that. And then it cuts to Barack Obama saying word for word the exact same thing. So that it's like in politics, there's only so many sentences that you can say, I guess, before you start saying shit that somebody said before but when it's stuff like that it's like no like he got that line from obama or one of his speechwriters did you know like took that exact line and gave it to vivek so i don't love that about it and but i i i don't know you know i'm torn man i know i like him more than nikki haley i like him more than than i like desantis as a, a presidential nominee I like I still like DeSantis as governor of Florida, and I wish that things hadn't happened the way they did. But then again, that it just makes me think that all of it is part of some elaborate plan and part of some scheme or whatever. Like if DeSantis hadn't ran for president and he had just spent all of the last year being like Trump for president, then uh, like I. I feel like they could be playing like the the fake Republicans, the people that just want to keep their power and not get in trouble for all the illegal shit that they've probably done. They they want somebody in there that's going to protect them. And so what I like to believe, at least, is that Trump and DeSantis are still cool with each other. And this is all just a fake thing for them to be like, I hate you, like a wrestling sort of thing, you know, where they're just pretending to not like each other just to draw all these bad Republicans out of the woodwork. That's like, no, we need DeSantis in there instead. And it's like, why would we need anybody other than Trump? Like, you know, that things were so much better under him. And the only reason the general public maybe didn't see how good things were was because the news spent every single day telling people how terrible everything was. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I know about Vivek is that I've, every time I've seen him talk, he seems, he seems like he's on the same page as Trump as far as like what's going on here. Like there are people orchestrating everything that you see and that, that this isn't even like a a Republican party so to speak it's just, it's just it's the uniparty thing he, he seems like he's on board with all of those things yep um and, and he seems very fired up about it and calling people out on shit and 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 tucker carlson had some nice things to say about him the other day um and, and then somebody was telling me that that tucker carlson's a psyop and all this shit you know and that and the person who told me that is like pretty smart about all these things you know uh, you know, as smart as anybody can be, I guess, or as up to date on people as anybody can be. So it's, 
God, I wish this shit would just get over with because it's so hard to know who to even trust. I mean, it's like such a cloak and dagger fucking time we're living in, man. It's weird. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that, that Tucker Carlson is a, a CIA plant or anything like that. Like, I mean, if he is, then he's it's that I think saying Tucker is is fake or whatever is the same as saying that Q is fake. It's like, well, if you're going to make a fake thing that's going to be popular with everybody that's on this side, why would you make him say things that are smart and right? Like, why wouldn't you make him say crazy things so that we all think crazy things ourselves? You know, why is he like Tucker's main message is like, be truthful with yourself. Like uh, I in one interview, he was like, uh, you need to quit that thing that, you know, you need to quit. And he was like, and everybody has one of those things. So just find whatever yours is, you know, and I don't know. I think that's a good message. So I don't see why the CIA would or the whatever would spend their money to put a guy in there. That's just going to make me want to learn more and better myself. You know, it's the same. It's the Andrew Tate thing too. Like if you, if you find a random old live stream of Andrew Tate and force yourself to watch it for 15 minutes, I almost guarantee he's going to give you some little nugget of wisdom that's going to make you be like, fuck, man, I never thought about it that way. But now I'm I'm always going to think of it like that, like he and it's the same thing he, as Vivek. Basically, he talks about how we're in the Matrix, you know, like this is all fake, like they're they're lying to you all the time. And that's why they hate me is because I tell the truth and that kind of stuff. And and then he's like, you know, go and get a good job and impress the kind of woman that you want and build a better life and it's all positive shit and people are like oh he's a racist piece of shit and it's like <laughs> he's none of those things dude he's just a guy who fucking he was like an mma guy and he just works out every day of his life and never takes a day off and like how is that a bad uh you know whatever the word is you're just saying that comparatively speaking right like vivek wasn't an mma guy was he no not at all oh okay um and it was like what? but <laughs> the the reason I said the Obama thing earlier was because Vivek did something similar in this video that we're about to watch. If you remember a week or two ago when Elon was being interviewed by that guy and he asked him about uh, Disney and these other companies like withdrawing their advertising from Twitter from X and Elon was like, go fuck yourself. Like, and he got a big applause break, you know? And so I feel like Vivek and whoever's working with him was like, you need to go out and you need to say, fuck, say fuck in front of this big crowd. Like that's, that's the popular thing this week, you know? And then this thing came out uh, uh, during the debate or, or no, it wasn't the debate. It was, uh, what was it? The CPAC or the fucking turning point? One of those. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, and I real quick before we watch it, I agree with you about Tucker. I mean, as far as I, I I respect and trust the guy that was telling me that, but as far as Tucker goes, I'm like, to me, that's a a stretch. You know, like some of the things he says, and I mean, it would have to have been something that he's been doing for a long time. Um, if he's not one of the good guys, um, and I feel like he is. I feel like he's a good guy. I feel like. Alex Jones is a good guy. I feel like um, I like the things that I've heard Vivek say, and I don't think by any means he's going to become the nominee for the president um, unless they 
really are successful in screwing Trump, but I could see him being a, a good uh, VP, um, which is something I, I have no idea who Trump is going to choose for that. No, I don't either. And, and I am very interested to find that out, but I don't know. I, I, hold on. I'm going to look up here. You can talk about something else for a minute if you want, but I'm going to look up at what point in 2016 was Mike Pence uh like selected named. yeah yeah i have no idea but um I, I sure liked him at one point too you know like i thought he was like the perfect guy to be on trump's team but depending on who you listen to like everything he's done is uh like he is secretly a good guy and and all this stuff it it, it, it gets pretty confusing but um that he's not the monster that that he's been made into the last, you know, couple years. Gosh, I can't believe it's already three years into Biden's presidency. It's crazy, seems like, isn't it? Yeah. It seems like it's been, it seems like it's been fast, but it also seems like it's been forever, you know, like, yeah. Oh, it was, uh, on July 15th, 2016, after weeks of speculation, presumptive GOP nominee, Donald Trump tweeted, Friday morning that he has chosen Mike Pence as his vice presidential running mate. So we've got until summer, I guess, of 2024 before Trump has to, if he's sticking with the same thing that he was doing before, then he'll name a VP by then. So I, cause before I looked that up, I was thinking like he should pick somebody soon, but I guess not, not yet. That kind of illustrates how unimportant the vice president is. You think it'd be a lot more important, but I mean, Historically speaking, they don't do shit. I remember after Trump lost the election, uh, <laughs> my sister was like, uh, and I, because I sent her a, a snap or a text or something saying, like, well, we're screwed now or something along those lines. And she was like, she has a daughter, my niece. And she was like, I just think it's really cool that, uh, that she can like believe that a woman can accomplish all sorts of things now with, with Kamala in there, you know? And then my response was, tell me one thing Mike Pence did in the last four years. And she was like, all right, so maybe vice president's not that big of a deal, but still. And I was like, no, it doesn't fucking matter. And she's going to be terrible at this. And she is. Speaking of her, um, it's so weird how the human brain is because I haven't seen anything about her really lately. Uh, maybe it was a podcast I was listening to before I went to sleep, but I had a dream about about um, Kamala Harris last night, and I have no idea where the hell that came from. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's here and over there. Um, what's this video we've been talking about for 15 minutes? <laughs> it's uh, it's Vivek. Here, we'll just play it. Okay. Uh, he's at, uh, I'll like, uh, yeah, Turning Point uh, Action Committee something or other. I think that's, is that Charlie Kirk's thing? I think so, yeah. Anyway, here he is. Demand a government that tells us the truth again in this country. That's what we require. We can handle the truth. That's what it means to be a citizen of this country. <laughs> so I say that on that last debate stage to a bunch of Republicans that are shaking in their boots. These are the things you're not supposed to say in the Republican Party even today. And then you get the mainstream media. You got this character Van Jones on CNN afterwards saying, 
This is the rise of an American demagogue who's going to live 50 years longer than Trump. This is dangerous. I am shaking. That's what he says. <laughs> Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> At a certain point. Just shut the fuck up. Van Jones at CNN. We're done with it. So, yeah, I mean, he, I like the guy. I just am skeptical because he kind of came out of nowhere, you know, and he was like, hey, I agree with everything you guys say, too. So to me, it just feels like. He kind of reminds me of one of those tiki torch guys with the with the khakis on and stuff, you know, where he's yeah. like, no, this I believe in all of this stuff, just like you guys. And so I'm I'm just skeptical. But uh, I was watching a Trump thing the other day and he said uh, he went through and shit on Nikki Haley and shit on DeSantis and whatever. And then he was like, Vivek, I, I kind of like the guy and the crowd cheered and everything. And he was like, he's never he's never said anything bad about me. And then he went back and shit on DeSantis some more because he was like, I I find loyalty very appealing, you know, and I'm the same way, you know, like people are like, oh, let you know, politics is not about loyalty or whatever. And it's like everything in life is about loyalty. Like if your friend says that he's going to meet you somewhere and you show up and he doesn't show up. Like that's shitty. And that's the, on along the same lines of like, dude, you said you were going to do this. Like, why didn't you do it? And the guy's like, eh, you know, I got other stuff going on. Like after a while, you're not going to hang out with that guy anymore. So the fact that DeSantis was basically put in office by Trump and then decided to run against him, like, I don't know. I remember when it happened, when Trump first started calling him DeSanctimonious and I was like, why is he being mean to DeSantis? Like DeSantis is awesome. Like Trump knew months ahead of time that he was going to run. He was going to run against him. And that's just, I don't know. Like I, I see the importance of loyalty, especially when you're, if you're trying to pull off like the biggest fucking movement in world history or whatever and save America and, and expose the deep state and all of this stuff. Like you need loyal people around you not somebody who's going to just jump at the opportunity to do whatever. I don't know. But I can also see why people talk DeSantis into it. Cause they're like, look, man, this guy's Trump's going to be in fucking jail. Like you need to become the nominee now or like, uh, you know, run now so that when he does go to jail, then you're the one left standing there. Like, and it makes sense if you think Trump's going to end up in jail, but I don't know. But then I've also heard even since then, Trump could, according to the Constitution, there's no rule that says you can't run for and be president while you're in jail. There's nothing that says you can't do that. So even if he does get convicted of these things, he could still probably run unless he gets convicted of insurrection, because that's the one word that's in the Constitution that can keep you from being president. Well, that's what's scary is, you know, I mean, the, the deep state is going to do whatever they have to do. So, I mean, are they eventually going to get to the Supreme Court, you know, threaten them or, or, I mean, I'm not even sure how that would work. Like, why did they even, why is Colorado taking him off the ballot? I mean, I know it's probably not going to stick, but why were they able to even do it? 
because they have a super Trump hating uh, Supreme, Supreme Court. Court. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look it up, though, and maybe we can read a little, a little about it. Yeah, it's amazing to me that they're still calling Trump Hitler and, and all that stuff. Um, by the way, when we get off here, because I don't know if it's something I, we should talk about on the podcast, at least we'll talk about it first. But I saw a super interesting uh, video last night concerning i shouldn't have even fucking brought it up on the podcast because people are like what you dick <laughs> <laughs> well we'll I talk about, we'll, talk we'll, about we'll, that yeah we'll talk about it next week everybody i promise um i just oh. wanted to go through it with my my podcast partner first um but yeah i'm big on loyalty too man there's uh there's a comedian whose name we won't mention but um we were talking about him a few weeks ago and i've just I, even if even if like a room full of people are against my friend, if he's my friend, like I can't sell them out. And the guy that we were talking about a few weeks ago, um, he's that guy. Like he, when I was starting out, there was always somebody in comedy at Westport who um, he wasn't nice to me until he saw everyone else being nice to me. And then he's like, hey, you're all right. And I'm like, you didn't even look at me until all these other people like gave me the like, yeah, this guy's actually pretty funny. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I've always liked him. And I'm like, you've never said a word to me, you fucking dick. Oh. <laughs> um, so sorry, guys. I'm bringing up all this stuff that we're not even going to talk about. Until it, was a, it was a four to three decision in the Colorado Supreme Court. Uh, the quote is, a majority of the court holds that Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which I'm pretty sure is the uh, insurrection thing. Uh, but I'm going to look up the 14th Amendment anyway, just to see. The 14th Amendment addresses many aspects. Yeah, yeah. Fucking quit asking me for money. Section 3. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who have previously taken an oath, yada, 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 bullshit, whatever, uh, have engaged in insurrection or rebellion or given aid or comfort to the enemy. Um, so, yeah, they're saying that he did that. Insurrection. I'm going to actually, let's figure out what the hell that word even means. Define insurrection. Well, to me, that just that's just more evidence that they are only doing it hoping other states follow suit because he hasn't been convicted of any of that and if anything um biden is is uh guilty of all that shit that they just said um by the way he's there you know more and more stuff comes out all the time about him and the shady business dealings with his son and all that and oh uh, that it just came out today did you hear about that uh, I don't know. I was watching something earlier, and I don't know if that was what you're talking about or not. Um, like 19 emails or something? 54 emails. Joe Biden exchanged emails with his son Hunter's business associate 54 times. Uh, some of the messages were sent around the time Biden was traveling to Ukraine, and his son was about to work for a Ukrainian gas company, according to records released by House Republicans. Um NBC was the first news thing to to break this story. And it's funny because in 
like the first paragraph or whatever. It was like they were just talking and like that guy did Biden's taxes. That's the only reason they were talking. And it's like it was just pure coincidence that the guy doing Joe Biden's taxes happened to be Hunter Biden's business partner. But he didn't know anything about Hunter Biden's business. They were just talking about, you know, tax stuff that had nothing to do with Hunter. So, yeah. I don't know, man. And then they'd also said in that same NBC article, it was like uh, a year or two ago, Trump uh, falsely claimed without evidence. They love to throw that phrase in there that. Uh, uh, oh, the getting the prosecutor fired and stuff, that whole thing, like, well, son of a bitch and all that, that Biden bragged about that. Trump says, and I agree that uh, Victor Shokin is the guy's name, was the prosecutor that was looking in to the company that Hunter Biden worked for, probably because he was like, hey, you guys are affiliated with the United States government. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You can't do that. It's illegal, you know? Uh, and he was looking into that, and Biden got him fired. And then there's that recording of the president of Ukraine at the time, uh, Poroshenko, I think is was his name, talking to Joe Biden, being like, yeah, we fired the guy. We looked. He didn't do anything wrong, but you said we had to fire him, and we fired him. And Biden's like, all right, we'll release the billion. Yeah, he's such a piece of shit. But it's like it's obvious that biden is corrupt all of the news and everybody else are are on his side and they have some reason to be and the only thing i can think of that that reason is is because they're guilty of things also that they know will come out that's another interesting thing that that tucker carlson said the other day like uh tucker was like i've lived in washington dc my whole life like i know all of these people and when i first found out about the hunter biden stuff about him uh, you know, spending money on hookers and fucking doing that kind of stuff, using his dad to get deals and all that. And Tucker was like, it, it didn't even phase me because I see, I've seen so much worse. Like everybody does that kind of stuff. Everybody in Washington. So I think that probably has a lot to do with why they're all like, Biden didn't do anything wrong. Quit looking into it. Because if they keep looking into it, they're going to find that, Pretty much everybody in our government is doing the same shit. Yeah, and I wonder. I, sorry, go ahead. That's like that other video. I hope that's the one that I've got. Uh, oh, no, it's not. I don't know what I did with that. Uh, but there was a video that they were talking about um, the fact that Nancy Pelosi has been in uh, the Senate uh, or the House or whatever. the Yeah, the House for... Uh, at least 20 years or something ridiculous, a really long fucking time. And she makes $128,000 a year and she's worth a hundred million dollars or whatever it is, or maybe more than that. I think cause the guy said she's an eight ball. So whatever, uh, one eighth of a billion is. So like a hundred and she's what, worth 120. Mi she's worth $120 million. Yeah. Something, something crazy. And so it's like, the thing they did was like she would have to work in in the house for 3000 years in order to make that much money. And they didn't comment on the fact of like, well, she probably did a hundred million dollars worth of shady shit and got paid for it. You know, she's been involved in politics. I mean, she did something with the uh, Kennedy administration. I mean, she's old as fuck. She's in her 80s, for God's sake. Uh, 
I mean, she looks pretty good for being in her eighties. I'll give her that. But I mean, I wouldn't want to see her without all that makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she looks like the crypt keeper, but, um, Nancy yeah. Pelosi has been a member of the house since 1987. Okay. So I was born in 81 and I'm 42. So at least 30 something years she's been in there. Okay. I, like I thought she, I thought it was a lot longer than that personally, but well, I'm sure she did other <clears throat> stuff before that. Let's see. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I don't know. This is a long ass thing. It's all right. Do we have that video? Uh, the, of her talking about her. Yeah. No, I don't know what okay. I did with it. I guess I just didn't save it. We do have some videos that were lined up for last week that we just didn't show. If you just want to show some videos, but we're at an hour. I don't know if we really need to. We can show that uh, Ronald Reagan thing. He makes a valid point. Yeah, let 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 Ronald kind of close us out, and then we'll we'll watch the other videos if they're still relevant next week. All right. Someone very profoundly once said many years ago that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of, li of liberalism. And what is fascism? Fascism is private ownership, private enterprise, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says less government, get off my back, get out of my pocket, and let me have more control of my own destiny. Yeah, pretty straightforward, but yeah, I, I yeah, I think that's the perfect uh, video and talking point to to go out on is that I th that's the masterful job that they've done. Speaking of like the media and and brainwashing people, um, I mean, he just laid it out pretty pretty easy for everyone to understand. The conservative, so to speak, is like just get out of my business. That's what America was founded on. Like we should have our own money. Uh, we should have our own, you know, that's, that's the, what sucks about getting sold out to the central bankers in 1913. And, and hopefully that is what Trump is going to do if he's reelected is we're going to go back to having our own currency. And if, and when we do that, America will finally get back to being what it was supposed to be. Um, and we've been running off fumes forever and still kicking ass. So just think how great this country would be and will be um, basically if he gets reelected, um, you know, and if you're still in the, uh, if you're still under the illusion that he's just doing it to line his own pockets, I just feel like you're delusional because the guy's rich and he's married to a supermodel, which is another thing that we never talk about, but, Melania Trump is great and she's <laughs> so freaking hot. I mean, as far as like first ladies and all that, I mean, Jackie O's the second hottest vice or excuse me, first lady ever. And she ain't nothing compared to Melania. And she speaks all these different languages and she's just great. And, you know, they've effectively, even in America where we love window dressing and all that, they've still, you've never heard about how beautiful she was and, and how great a mom she appears to be and and against sex trafficking and all that she's been pretty in the fight since the beginning about that kind of stuff and anyone else i mean just think if jill biden had done any of those things how much they would prop her up for it of I mean, course we just live in such a crazy fucking time man yeah where it's <laughs> like uh, like wouldn't any other vice president or not vice president first lady get like 
the royal media treatment where it's like, what a beautiful, elegant woman. And like, look at the things that she's doing with children and stuff. Like, Cause that's like the first lady's role or whatever is like, I'm going to help with education and school. Michelle Obama did the, the school lunch shit where it's like, we got to have healthier lunches for our kids. And everybody was like, go Michelle. Like uh, Melania totally fit that role and they just shit on her every chance they got like former porn star and it's like she wasn't in porn she was like <laughs> naked in a magazine or something like no shit why do you think trump wanted to marry her he's like who's this hot naked chick i'll fucking go on a date with her and then it's like oh she's one of the most beautiful human beings that exists well if she's willing to marry me i guess i'll do it yeah, and you don't hear her talk a lot, but she spoke at the Republican National Convention three and a half years ago now, and and she was great. She was really smart and well spoken, and and not some you know pinup billboard bimbo. She was just like, "Fuck, this lady's got it going on, man." And again, in America, where you know if she was on the if she was on their team, they would be like, "Oh, the most beautiful first lady there's ever been," and she's so elegant and. You know, instead, she's with Trump, so they're like, skank. Yeah, they're like, why don't you learn how to speak English, you bitch? And it's like, she, she's not from here. Like, how? I thought you were all for immigration and shit. Like, this is a, she's a U.S. citizen that, like, m made her way in America, you know? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think you do. Um <laughs> Well, I've got to, uh, I'm going to Dallas, Texas in the morning. So yeah. I, why are you doing Friday in Dallas and Saturday in Fort Worth? Cause somebody more famous than me is doing Friday in Fort Worth and Saturday in okay. In Dallas for whatever reason. I don't know why this is the second time I've done a, a weekend like this. The last time Josh blue was at the other club each night. And so I feel like they get like one big famous person, and then me and they're like, ah, they'll both even out, you know, like, yeah, everybody will go see the famous guy and the, the spillover will go see Mike and uh, we'll all make some money or whatever. But the last time I was there, it was packed both nights at, at both clubs. So I'm hoping that this is uh, the same way again, but we shall see. Yeah. So everybody go see Mike at Hyenas, hyenascomedynightclub.com. You can get tickets there Friday and Saturday. This will be airing on Thursday night or Friday morning. So you'll have time to get tickets. And uh, they have both locations on that website. And if uh, you want to see me January 5th, I've got, I'm, I'll be at Pachanga next week in uh, Temecula, but I'm just getting a flat rate there. So when they start giving me door deals, I'll start pimping their gigs more. Um, <laughs> But I'm getting a door deal at the Omaha Funny Bone January 5 and 6, and it would really help me out, help my family out. And so make sure you get tickets to see that. And I uh, believe that's it. As always, go to Making It Happen, M-A-C-A-N-It-Happen.com. How about little Bo Macon and his family? And make sure you follow us and all that and keep giving Mike money. And if you want to give me money, you're welcome to as well. Um, but you don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so anyway, God bless all of you. Thanks for tuning in and take care. Goodbye.